Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi guys, you're so welcome back to the channel. Today I'd like to cover a subject that's very close to my heart and it's in relation to the impression we're given sometimes when we listen to a lot of material on narcissism can leave us feeling that the empathic community and people that are normal, people that don't suffer from narcissistic personality disorder and have a degree of empathy, that we are less than or or a weaker species. I always say that there's humans A and human B and the human the human A's have a lot of empathy and the human B's have no empathy and it's like two different types of humanoid, so to speak. But we're always or often given the impression that that the narcissist is the predator, which they are, but that they are the all-knowing, all-doing, and they come and victimize us and leave us in a terrible state, and they go off into you know, riding off into the sunset, and that their lives, they're in control of their lives, and they're the top dogs, basically. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's totally the opposite of that. It's the other way around. The narcissists are coming to con us. They are very, very addicted to you. You may be addicted to the narcissist for a certain period of time because you were fed a drug you didn't realise you were taking. But once you get the knowledge and once you know what it was, you do a recovery and you become even stronger than ever before. You're no longer a victim. You're a target. You're a victim for a while because you don't know what you're dealing with. Then you're a survivor and then you're a thriver. What is the narcissist? The narcissist is a perpetual, perennial victim of a personality disorder. So guys, I'd like to take this in stages because I want today to prove to you that the narcissist is addicted to you. So what I did was, this is the way I approached it. I just looked up the word addiction. So just starting from there. So addiction is a term that means compulsive need for something or someone. Words related to addiction are compulsion, bent on, craving, dependence, habit, inclination, enslavement and reliance on somebody or something to have your emotional, physical and psychological needs met. Now, if you were to say, you know, if you had a chat with a narcissist, say post discard or post disengagement or whatever you want to call it, and you said you are addicted to me and you are like not in control of your life, 
what they would say to you in no uncertain terms is you're Lula, you're a mad hatter, you're crazy, you're this, you're that. And we're all familiar with what the narcissist will call us. But in their minds, they really, really believe that. They believe that they're in control. They believe that they have the power because they have to believe they're in control and have the power, power because that is their narcissism. That is their defense mechanism that keeps them alive, that forms their ego personality, all the functions that they are cope, that they're going through the world coping with getting their needs met. This is the way they've set themselves up. So they're never going to admit that they need anyone or anything. They're never, ever, they, they can't, they, if they were to see that, they'd have to look internally and the whole thing would collapse and they would be back at the childlike stage where they left them, they abandoned their true selves and they'd have to start all over again. So this is who they are now. They're never going to admit it. But I would like to prove to you why they are addicted to you. So stick with me, listen to this, guys, and see if it resonates with you. So just going back to the narcissistic dynamic. At the child stage, the narcissist didn't and wasn't allowed become independent of the parent. So at the stage that was crucial that they were allowed to become independent, that they were validated in their own right as their own person, that they were they were held accountable for things that they did wrong, that they were shown how to have empathy for others. None of that occurred. And they were still molded. There was no separation between them and their caregiver, their parent or whoever was their primary caregiver. They never went beyond that childhood stage for their emotional and psychological development. Now, obviously, as a teenager and someone in their 20s, they can't maybe stay living with their mother or their father or whoever it was that didn't allow them to separate from from them, to individuate, to be healthy. And they went along with that. They didn't fight against it. So they stayed within that dynamic, enmeshed with that parent. Obviously, they can't live with the parent forever. Some of them do, but... The, your commoner gardener, normal, average narcissist will proceed in the same way as other teenagers and other 20 year olds because it's perceived that that's the normal thing to do. So they will mimic what everyone else is doing. They'll go along those paths. But the difference between, say, a healthy 20 year old and a person suffering from narcissistic personality disorder is that that 20 year old is learning all the time how to validate themselves internally, how to examine themselves, reflect internally, all the things that we do as healthy, healthy, normal people, not perfect, flawed individuals. That's what it is to be human, but that's the normal path. The narcissist has to not, not being able to get all their needs met from the parent now has to seek a replacement, an external validator that is not their parent that's perceived as a healthy partner for them at whatever stage they are in life. So the narcissist 
mimics the adult, but is a child emotionally and psychologically inside. So what they're looking for is a replacement. So they're looking for a very empathic person who is prepared to to be like a parent for them, to be able to provide all the needs that they ha- had provided for by the parent. And in addition, sexual needs and everything the parent provided for them, basically. So the supply they're looking for is they're looking for someone to love them unconditionally, to validate them in every way, to praise them as a parent would, not to hold them accountable, to be there for them all the time and put them first all the time, to put up with their temper tantrums, just as a parent would with a toddler or a young child to overcome that very quickly and to put it aside and to look after the child's needs. To not look after your own needs because the child comes first. And that, that's, that is, the, par- that is the, the narcissist's thought process, although not conscious, subconsciously, that's what they're looking for. Then if they come to you with debts, you know, they get into scrapes, but but big adult debts these times, you as the parent are expected to look after and take accountability for their past mistakes. If they need extra money, that's what you're there for. You give them lifts, you do things for them. If they have children with someone else um, and the children come to visit you, you look after their children and they have fun with the kids, but you do the work. You're the parent. You're the responsible adult. Some of the time, they'll even get to the stage in an adult relationship. If they're staying in it, if if you're fulfilling all their needs and not putting any adult boundaries in the way, if you're being a good subservient parent who's also a strong one who can defend them, who will stand by their side and defend them no matter what they do, even if they let you down by cheating. If you continue on that vein, they will want you to stick around because you are becoming a doormat parent. Now, the thing is, guys, if you were a fantastic source of supply to the narcissist, you would have to be able to provide and look after the narcissist's physical, psychological and emotional needs in that way, in a way that a parent would look after a child, but also in a a non-healthy dynamic, as a narcissistic parent would look after a child in that you wouldn't have any expectations of that child growing or developing or learning. I will guess that when the narcissist came into the relationship with you, that they started off with, on what looked like an equal basis. They mimicked what looked like a healthy type of dynamic. But I will guess that even though they may have done chores with you and stuff in the beginning, that you were the one left carrying the load of, say, household duties, cooking and cleaning and running after them, giving them lifts, providing money, um, putting up with their tantrums, 
defending them if they got into trouble, um, basically helping them not be accountable for anything. And then I will guess that being very, very empathic and strong, that this need that empathic people do have within them to help others, uh, to see them progress, to help others grow, to identify particularly with vulnerability. Empathic people would see a huge amount of vulnerability in the narcissist. And the narcissist relies and preys on this. If you have done all these things for your narcissistic ex, you are grade A supply. And now I'm going to tell you why the narcissist is addicted to you. The narcissist may, towards the end of your relationship, have withdrawn sexually because the relationship will have become kind of parentified Eventually, when you're meeting all of their needs, this is if you haven't put up boundaries or if you didn't cop on or you weren't copping on at the time, maybe when the narcissist started to cheat and things were going downhill in the devaluation stage. They can even withdraw in that way because they begin to see you so much as their caregiver. You have then totally replaced the parent and it becomes really odd for them then to look to you um for sex and things, it becomes like a bit incestuous subconsciously with them. They can also be using that as a control, but this is just one element of the dynamic that goes on for a narcissist. They then look for an external partner for that. And that often that often is a cause of them cheating on you. So, guys, they will... <laughs> If you put up boundaries or if they're, do, they're doing multiple cheating and you cop on to it, um, you begin to maybe realise that there's an imbalance here, that they're very childlike, they don't take the responsibilities that they mimicked, that they did take initially. They may have presented as an amazing parent to their kids or someone who was really good with money. Um, you know, someone very stable, someone who's going to really love you and they're not coming up with the goods. They're not the person that they appear to be. And no matter, you know, no matter how much you love them, you can see this. You're an empathic person. It's very difficult to fool um, an empath or a super empath for very long. Now, some of us may suffer from codependency and we may stay in that relationship, but it doesn't mean that we don't see what it, who the other person is or, or their vulnerabilities or the fact that they're abusing us or that they're not who they said they were. So the relationship invariably comes to an end, even if it goes on for years and years and years. I'm telling you, and you tell me down in the comments, I will bet if you stayed in the relationship for years and years and years, you knew who this person was and you knew that they weren't everything they said they were and you did uh, one hell of a lot for them. So guys, it gets to the stage and it's often 18 months to two years. It can be longer, can be shorter when the narcissist, when you begin to cop on to what's going on and 
you're not giving the narcissist this unconditional parental love that they need to survive, that they expect to survive, that you promise them at the beginning of the relationship in their minds because they decided who you were and they they wrote down your character nearly on a page and that's who you were to stay. So you weren't to have any needs. You were to be the, the adoring person that you were in the beginning of the relationship, doing everything for them, you know, nearly getting to the stage where you love them so much that that of course you wanted to be the best person for them that you could possibly be. That's who you were to stay. You were not to have any needs. In fact, that you were to get better than the person you were at the beginning. You were to serve them better. You were to do more for them. You were to give them more supply. Your supply was to increase, not go down. Not go down in any way. It was to increase. And again, that's what they try to do in the devaluation stage. They try to get you back up to, to the supply level that you gave them initially. So it all goes belly up one way or the other and the narcissist is out. Um, either you have pushed them out or they have decided that they are going to walk because you're no longer, you changed your fault. You no longer are the person that you you were. In fact, they project everything on you and they say, that you're the you you're the person that isn't loving, that you're the person whose issues and that you're the person who's let them down. You you changed. You you're a bad parent. You don't love me properly. You don't know what it is to love anybody. This is this is their this is what they're thinking if they're discarding you and stuff. You you don't care about me. You just care about yourself. And you said you love me and you don't because you won't let me do all the things I want to do. You won't let me abuse you anymore. You won't let me cheat on you. You won't give me all the money I want. You're a bad parent. Go away. I'm not going to talk to you. And that's the discard, guys. So they go off looking for somebody else because you are, in their minds at that stage, you're just a really bad person. You're evil. You don't know how how good they they are and you don't know what you're missing and you don't love them and there's loads of other people that would love them much better than you would. So off they go to find the new supply. Sorry, not to labour the point. But then they get to the new supply or they go back to the old supply. They end up with a narcissist or they end up in very short term relationships because the person is normal, uh, doesn't have a huge amount of empathy, has a certain amount, definitely not enough for the narcissist, um, definitely can't keep up with the narcissist. They're, they don't have the endurance that a super empath or empathic person would have or they're another narcissist and narcissists cop on to each other very quickly. Two or three months down the road, another narc recognises another narc and they know that this person is not going to be able to be squeezed for everything they want, that they're not going to be able to control this person and this person doesn't care about them. Narcs know, narcissists know. They're very, very quick to know if they're going to be able to get a lot out of you or not. So guys... It's not that easy for the narcissist to head off into the sunset and for everything to be okay. Now, they want you to think that, and that is for sure. 
They do not want you to think that they need you in any way, shape or form. Because it's still all your fault. You let them down. And when the next relationship doesn't work out for them, it's still your fault because you let them down and they had to go to this other person who didn't know how to love them properly. And it's still your fault. So what you're going to have to do as their parent is to come back and say, I'm really sorry, my darling. I love you so much. You come back here. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter that you've gone off and hurt me really badly and you've replaced me with somebody else. Um, I'll take you back. They will work some way to do a hoover on you and you'll have to accept that kind of rubbish coming from them if you are still addicted to the narcissist, still are hopeful of the narcissist or don't know who the narcissist is and the narcissist comes back because they are addicted to what you gave them you did a fantastic job, although you didn't know you were being a replacement parent. You didn't know that you were there to fulfill all their needs, but you did it amazingly well. And they want that back. They need that back. They're having a hell of a job finding a suitable replacement for you. And you had it all in the one package. And what they're doing at the moment is they're going from one supply to another. They're on all the dating sites out there, every single last one of them. They're trying to get supply from family members who are really pissed off at them at this stage. They're trying to get supply from friends, from their children. They're getting into loads of arguments to try and distract themselves with drama and they just want to come back to you because you were their solid grade A source of supply. You made them feel great. You filled them up so they were able to not worry too much about their supply. They could kind of park it there for a while and go out and have fun with other sources of supply. But they had their their addiction met with you. They had it's like a drug addict, say, coming off a drug and they go on one of the supplement drugs, you know, that health um, health services will give supplements for heroin. I can't remember the name of it. Let me know if you remember in the comments. But it's a drug that kind of keeps the addict uh, from having all the withdrawal symptoms. So you are their kind of, you're the drug that keeps them going so that they can go out and top up with other sources of supply. But you're their essential drug. You are the, the drug that keeps them on a kind of a plateau. And you don't exist in everyone. And I know that you're an empathic or super empathic person if you're here in this channel, because a narcissist will have brought you to your knees and you will be still care for them. You will have been devastated because you're empathic and that's why you're here looking for answers. Now, I know we have some narcissists here looking to up their game and find out how to do things better. But I will guarantee that if you're here, you've been watching loads of YouTube videos, that they're, you're 90% going to be from the empathic side of life, the empathic community. And you are the drug of choice for the narcissist. So just to get this straight, they're addicted to the way you made them feel. They're addicted to the stability that you provided for them in always being there like a parental stand in. And 
they're addicted also probably to the character traits that you imbued upon them. Them being with you made them look good to the to the world in general, to their family. Um, and you may have provided residual benefits so that they didn't have to waste their time looking for money or a place to stay or a car or whatever you provided them with. So it's not your individuality or your personality or your essence or your spirituality that they're addicted to, but they're addicted to your supply. Guys, I hope that was um, of some value, but just don't let anyone on any platform say, you know, make out to you that the narcissist is this all, you know, in control, powerful hero. They're desperately seeking to control and have power over people. They're desperately seeking to get things from people, but it's extremely difficult. It takes up a lot of energy and they're not going to invest that energy in a person who is grade A supply and then walk away from them and never come back. The narcissist hoovers because they're addicts and if a different supplier or suppliers let them down, they will come back to the supplier who was reliable, resourceful, the best had the best supply that they could possibly have, the best heroin or coke or whatever, you know, drug that we normally associate as being a drug. You are their drug. They will come back to you. They will not leave you alone if you were grade A supply. And I'm guessing you were. Guys, take care and I will see you in the next video. Um, leave your comments. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this one. And uh Consider subscribing if you haven't done so and you've watched a few videos and they've been of value to you. Let us get this is a niche. This is niche at the moment. This uh, the narcissistic awareness community. Let's get it widespread out there on the platform. I better go, guys. This is a long video. Uh, take great care. Bye, guys. I'm going to see you soon again. Bye. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.